0: Morning, pcbc if you would do one thing for me this morning as we are remembering uh, some issues in the life of our church as we have had to over the years kind of address the growth in our children's and preschool I thought it'd be appropriate if everybody just turn around and wave to the very back row we call it baby row now all right everybody wave to all those on the back row God bless you for contributing to the growth of pcbc we love you guys there in the back and others who have been a part four or five years ago this service didn't even exist and because of what God has been doing in our young families and uh, over the years we've had some unique challenges that we'll be talking about today but before I get there I want to talk to you about next Sunday next Sunday will be a very special Sunday in the life of our church it's called broken pieces Uh, we'll have a special guest will be with us a, a friend of mine who has used this story this is in print he's written a book called broken pieces nothing is wasted a lot of churches in town have been blessed by this message especially during this season of COVID and all the unique brokenness that has entered into this world people who've lost loved ones people who've lost their health people who've lost jobs or income uh, a lot of different issues of brokenness going on in our world and I would encourage you to be as engaged in somebody's life like you heard from Dusty today in his example as you pray about someone who uh, you know probably doesn't have that understanding of God's grace or forgiveness that you would bring someone or invite someone, that you would pray for everyone you know that doesn't know the Lord to be able to hear the powerful, life-changing transformation that Jesus brings in times of brokenness. Everyone will get a free uh, reminder of that message next Sunday. It'll be a powerful, powerful day. I hope that you will join us in praying and then being a part of next Sunday. Well, as we're here this Sunday, last Sunday we started talking about a new thing from our family and marriage ministry team called tell the story and it is just another way that during this year we're equipping the body to be able to talk about God's stuff without preaching at somebody but simply telling God's story through your story I hope already that you picked up a packet in your ABF classes if you missed out on ABF today those will be available I believe out in the hallway and in that packet is a number of resources examples up on the screen tools you can use with your children at home, things you can do with neighbors in your neighborhood, things you can do to talk to those who are older but maybe still act like little kids. There's all kinds of tools to help anybody at any stage of life come to know God's story through your story. You also can go out to our website and if you go to pcbc.tv forward slash tell the story, you can go on there and you can get digital resources that are available you can point people to that website and they can go hear your story you say how does that happen well we're encouraging you guys if you'll slip ahead to a couple of the next slides uh, there's the web page in the next uh, slide if you would is uh, an example as you scroll down that page you'll see some examples of other testimonies people who've come in already worked with our media team and their story three minutes all it is is a three-minute story will help you Put that together. We can't write the story, but we can help you spit it into three minutes. We'll record that and post it. Then you'll get a, a, a sample business card that's got a URL code on it. And anywhere you go, you can pass it out and you can tell people, hey, if you have time, I want you to go hear my story. And they can go online and they can hear how God changed your life. It's pretty cool. If you've seen our staff or our family marriage ministry team wearing the T-shirts, tell the story, we're making those available to you as a witnessing tool. You can go on our app, the church center app, or you can write on a communication card and turn in a request for an order and we'll get those shirts printed and they'll be on campus. Just wearing those around to school or out in, you, as you're shopping or just going through life and people will stop you and they'll ask about this big, huge logo. What does it mean, tell the story? Well, glad you asked. Then you get to tell God's story through your story. It's a great tool. So there are a number of things available for you to be a part of making a difference in this generation well it was 2017 as you saw in the video it reminded us of years ago that seems almost like 20 years ago and yet it was just a few short years ago that we had a challenge on our campus as we were trying to reach the next generations God began to bring in a lot of young families like I told you this service didn't even exist about four or five years ago and God started bringing young families to be a part of what God is doing among us and in that growth and in that reality we found that every square inch of this facility was packed out with people and that we were out of space and so we brought a vision your strategic planning team brought a vision to the church that we would take a radical step of tackling a two million dollar project to build a children's building a playground and expand our preschool facilities and boy was that wise as you can see we continue to explode in our preschool ministry and our children's ministry continues to grow and that space has become very very important for us to be able to take care of people especially during this season of COVID. 2019 we pledged to raise that two million dollars and to do that project debt-free over the next three to four years and as we have taken those steps we have Uh, taking large steps. We've raised nearly 1.8 million dollars of the two million dollar project but we still have a goal to do our final steps over this next three months to try to finish this out by the end of December. What does that look like? Uh, Why are we even talking about these things and what does that have to do with the Sunday morning sermon? Well Brother Bob Shelton, our administrator, knew that we would be talking about this as we come into the fall and how we would continue to take these final steps, he said, Pastor, I want to share with you one of my uh, quiet times, a passage. In 1 Chronicles, if you have your Bibles, go there, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And when he shared the insights of this quiet time, it was obvious to me that this is what we needed to see as a church as we're dealing with our final steps. As you get to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, you're going to hear David's final step here on earth. David, if you think about his first steps, that's how most of us know David, by his first step. He stepped onto a battlefield, faced a giant called Goliath, and took off his head in the name of Jesus. How cool is that, right? And so we see him as this giant killing David. We, we know the legend of David's story, but do you know the final chapter of his story? Well, that's what we're going to read about in 1 Chron- Chronicles 29. It's his final steps on planet Earth. One of the last things he would do in his legacy of faith and as we study his story it will challenge us in the chapter we're in in our story as a body of believers and if you're visiting today you're not a member of PCBC there's still great value to learn from David's last steps none of us know when those last steps will be taken none of us know what that last step may look like but we can learn from David's final steps take a look at verse 1. King David gathered up all of Israel the entire assembly and he said my son Solomon who alone God has chosen is still young and inexperienced the work is great for the temple is not for man but for the Lord God if you would have backed up a chapter in chapter 28 you would see that David had come to Israel and one of his last steps of his legacy was to build a temple now let's be real honest on this earth people of significance and people who have had uh, major influence over nations and and major impact in this world usually what happens when they die is a statue is erected in their honor. Uh, Some building might be built and their name is placed over that building and it is to remember the impact of that legacy. It would have been very easy for David to come to Israel and say okay guys I have served you well and and I have defended our honor and I want us victory over the Philistines and I've led us into battles and we're a prosperous nation today and I'm about to take my last breath and as my son takes over as king, it might be nice if you remembered me, that'd be a temptation of any rule, ruler or world power, any king on the planet, usually they would build something in his honor and David continues to point the people in the direction they are to go. He wanted to make sure that even though he wouldn't be on this earth to lead Israel any further, his leadership would live on in his challenge to point them to the worship of Almighty God. He was concerned about his son, Solomon. He was concerned about his grandchildren and the generations to come behind, that they wouldn't be just a great nation, but that they would be a great people with a great heart for God. And so he led them to build a temple, a place of worship for the generations yet to come David a man after God's own heart was more concerned not about his legacy but his Lord he was more concerned about passing on to the generations to come a heart of worship so what does that look like well I want you to notice his declaration his declaration is we are here for one purpose not for notoriety and not for fame and not for wealth but we are here to worship the one true God He had a deep understanding that yes he accomplished great things and he was a great king but all that was just because God blessed him and he would continue to model before all of Israel not his power not his possessions but his heart to the living God look at verse 2. David as he gathered them together said hey guys as we've worked on this and as I've led us to to do this building campaign we we need to understand we need to take our final steps. And he begins to give testimony of his commitment. Look at verse two. He says, now, with all of my ability, I have provided for the house of my God, gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for the things of bronze. It goes on and on for iron and onyx and stones and various things and precious stones, all in abundance. As you read that, you think, well, God, David's kind of bragging, kind of showing off all the wealth that he has contributed but I I want you to see what's most important. It's the first phrase in verse 2. David, as he's about to challenge the people, he starts by giving testimony. I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not already doing myself. And he leads in verse 2, look at what he says, with all of my ability. Certainly, David understood as the king of Israel. He had more ability than anybody in the land. But if you looked around to all other nations, all other kings didn't use their wealth, they didn't use their uh, uh, resources to build something for the glory of God. They used the people and the backs of the people to build big buildings for their purposes and their kingdom. David does the complete opposite. David leads out and David says, with all of my ability, he's going to challenge Israel just like he's going to challenge all of us. All of us have a part to play. Some have more ability than others. Some can step in where others can't, but we should all step into the game. David begins to give that testimony, and he just said it wasn't easy, it wasn't convenient, but, but I gave according to my ability, in abundance. When I started thinking about this message and started thinking about this challenge, uh, where we are, and then looking in the uniqueness of David's story, I thought about Gladys Sawatsky. Gladys son was in our first service today his uh, her daughter was watching online because of COVID issues and being safe this is Gladys most of you in this space probably don't even know Miss Gladys when I came here to Putnam City Baptist Church in the 1980s oh yeah I was alive in 1980s half of you weren't I get it I started my ministry back at the old building and and one of the first people that kind of took me under their wing was Miss Gladys she worked in the education office and while a lot of ladies in the church building were shaking their head and, and mainly looking at the immaturity of the other youth pastor Jason Gilbo also seeing my inadequacies and pointing those out often and praying for us to maybe grow up a little bit more Miss Gladys became a Barnabas in my life and was a great great encourager always has been always will be Gladys Sawatsky who you probably have never met joined PCBC in 1958 she went to be with Jesus three years ago this next Tuesday. In that time you can see on the screen uh, she's the mama to Carlotta Williams and Quentin Sawatsky. She worked in the church office nearly 20 years serving and blessing folks but it wasn't just a job, it was her ministry. She taught children in our Sunday school nearly 50 years or more. A great legacy of faith. She had a passion for the next generation. Matter of fact, It was Gladys that started first grade Bible presentation, which we're going to do next Sunday evening. That was started by Gladys Sawatsky years and years and years ago. She served as long as she could serve until the day she couldn't serve. She served well over 50 years. But then she took a final step three years ago. As she stepped into glory, she left behind her last wishes. Kind of like David, it was her final step. I remember getting a call from Carlotta and from... Uh, her son and I remember them calling us together and and Quentin's family was there and Carlotta's family was there and they gathered around right there in the, the yard the lobby area between the preschool what we now know as preschool space and children's and they said Bill we have a gift that we want to give to you it's from our mom it was her last wish her final step and in her final estate she left a large portion of that estate to the ministries of PCBC to reach the next generations They said, we know that mom would want this to go towards the next steps. She did what she could according to her own ability, and her desire and passion was just like David's, not just to do something in the glory of her name, but to do something so that next generations would know who God is and have the ability to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Let's go back to David's story. Go to verse 3. Take a look at it. Verse 3 moreover David said in my delight in the house of my God the treasure I have of gold and silver I give to the house of my God over and above all that I've already provided for the holy temple David would say to the people guys this is something God has called us to do and this is something we get to do for his glory not mine not yours but for his and David said it is my delight do you see his example he didn't say it's my obligation I started this thing Uh, I'm the king, it was my idea and so I've done all this because this is bigger than I thought it was going to be. This is tougher than I thought it was going to be. It's my burden and so I'm going to pay it out. No, he said, it's my delight. It's my delight to glorify God to the best of my ability. Look at the second thing he said. He said, the treasures that I have. A few weeks ago as we were working with Water's Edge, they reminded us that we have no possessions we simply have gifts from God that all we have and we're going to see it in David's story in David's testimony it's not our gold it's not our silver it's not ours but it's the blessings from heaven every good and perfect gift comes from above every one of them we're simply stewards of those gifts and in that stewardship look at how David modeled a heart for God He said in all these things and all these gifts that God has entrusted into our lives in all this over and above I have provided for this temple now I know as you're listening in you're saying "Uh uh-oh here's the Baptist church trying to get to the pocketbook well again I'm giving you examples of human history and David's example of his final steps and why he did that because he wanted to make sure that the generations to come were under the word of God and the worship of Almighty God and the same is true for us. You can go on and see through the example. You can see verses 4 and 5 of all the giving that was coming in and what was being expected of others. And then we come to verse 5, and I want you to see the last part of verse 5. He says, as we do this together, as we come in together, as we participate in glorifying God in this moment and in this step, who is willing to consecrate themselves this day unto the Lord? Who else will step in and who else will see the bigger picture of what God is doing and what he's doing among us? Verse 6. When the people heard this, the rulers of the father's households, the princes of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and hundreds and overseers of the king's work, all of the leadership of Israel, those who served alongside of David and, and served to lead out in Israel, look at their response. Look at what it says. It says, they then stepped up. And they too offered willingly when we took this step back in 2017 and ultimately in 2019 there was no commitments there was no pledge cards there was no leverage it was like guys this is the need of the moment this is the need if we're going to grow and reach next generations and how we do this and this is what it's going to require and we willingly stepped into that and praise God for your faithfulness and what those steps have meant and we have gotten nine-tenths of the way but there are final steps to take and that's what David was saying to his people verse 7 and for the service for the house of God they then the leaders they gave their part and you can read about it and you can talk about all the things that they contributed but get down to verse 9. take a look at verse 9 and then the people responded and they rejoiced they didn't say oh woe was us oh we have a, a tax on us we have a laborious weight on our shoulders no they rejoiced in the moment because they had offered also willingly as well all of Israel came together all of PCBC has opportunity for us to come together and take this final step and to finish well why? but we can continue to reach the next generation so we can continue to point people to what it means to know God and to worship God with all of our heart verse 10 look at David's response the leaders have responded the people have responded they've come together with one heart and one purpose and David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And as he has challenged them and as they have stepped into it with him, as they walk together with a heart to please God and to be what they needed to be for their generation and the generations to come, it breaks out in a worship service. David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, God of Israel, our Father, forever and forever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory. Look at what he's doing. He's praising God with the people. He's recognizing God for who he is. But Look at what he goes on to say. Yours, O Lord, verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Just what Alex and our worship team led us to express in worship today. Recognizing the glory of God, the victory that God brings, and that it wasn't David who brought them their victories. It would have been very easy for him to stand there and say, Guys, look at what I've done for you. But he continued to point people to the Lord. He continued to acknowledge that it wasn't King David that brought them their prosperity. It wasn't King David that brought them victories. Even though he led them into battles, it was the God they served who brought them their victories. And so every day we wake up, we respond with our heart of worship. He goes on to say this. And God, we declare that everything that is in the heavens and the earth, everything, circle that word everything. Uh, Guess what? You're a part of that. You're on this earth and as part of being in this earth, a part of being in the grace of God and knowing him as your heavenly father. You're a part of this everything David's talking about. He says, everything that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. For you have the dominion, the power, the authority, the lordship over everything. David again is reminding us it not my gold or silver it isn't my agenda it isn't my kingdom David had to be reminded everything belonged to the Lord I shared this story in times past but I'll share it one more time mainly because my daughter's in the audience today remember Christmas Eve years ago we always do that Christmas Eve spiritual gift and then we'll do other gifts on Christmas Day and on that Christmas Eve Cammy had a great idea that we would teach them stewardship And so each one of our children opened up an envelope instead of a package on that Christmas Eve, a candlelight service around our dining room table. They always look forward to that one special gift to kick off on Christmas Eve. We told them this time, instead of each one of you opening up your gift individually and us praying over you, we're going to have all of you open at the same time. Well, they were excited on one, two, three. They ripped open the envelopes. They dug in and inside was a $20 bill. That doesn't sound like a lot to this generation but back then to a little kid in elementary school 20 bucks was big money they started screaming and they were all excited and they're like $20 we said okay let's tell you the rest of the story that $20 is an early christmas gift a blessing to you to pray about and you are to find out how God wants to use you to bless somebody else what's that mean well then you're over the next week you're to take that 20 dollars and see a need in somebody's life a real need and figure out how we can bless them through that gift how do you think that went over with my kids you think they were still screaming and think they were still rejoicing oh you would have thought that the Grinch had stole Christmas at their house in Tulsa Oklahoma you should have seen the sourpuss faces. You should have seen the mourning and weeping and gnashing of teeth as they stared at that 20 dollars. And I remember them struggling in that and saying, but, "But that's my 20." No, it's not. That's your Christmas Eve gift. That's not yours, nothing we have. And we tried to teach in that moment, and I hope that they've gotten it by now. I hope they've come to understand every blessing we receive is not ours, it's not my 20. It's all his. And God uses the things, our talents, our resources, our ability, our, our influence, our relationships. Not just to bless us, although we are. But those are gifts. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And God entrusts those to us. They're not our possessions. It wasn't their 20. But they thought it was. David was reminding Israel, guys, we're the wealthiest nation on the planet. God has blessed us. We have received more than we ever deserve. And we can be comfortable in what we have supposedly acquired, or we can remember this is not ours. God, all of it is His. Everything in heaven and everything on this earth. And He's just entrusting us for some reason to use these resources for His glory. So let's glorify God in those things. Do you find yourself looking at your bank statement and say wow look at what we've accomplished or look at what we have or are you seeing that as a kingdom stewardship you seeing that as an opportunity to bless others and bless God because he has blessed you. Verse 13 don't look down on my kids we all struggle with the same thing yours happens to be probably more than twenty dollars but it happens to be your things no we have gifts From God. David understood it. Look at verse 13. We'll try to wrap it up. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you. We praise your glorious name. That was his response. But who am I and who are we, my people, that we should be able to offer as generously as we can? We're blessed. And God, we don't understand why you've blessed us, but all these things have come from you. Do you see David leading well? Again, if I was David, I would have said, guys, the reason you're able to be a part of this is because I've led you into becoming a great nation. That's what All other kings have done, not King David. A man after God's own heart stayed pursuing the heart of God. He says in verse 15, look at this perspective. We are sojourners before you, Lord, and tenants. In other words, we don't live here, and it isn't about this lifetime. We're just sojourners through this world. We're just here for a moment, and then it's about eternity. Let's remember our perspective. Our days on earth are like a shadow. And in this earth, there is no hope. But O oh Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided to you to build a house for your holy name, it is from your hand and all of it is yours. What a great, great perspective. Verse 17, and since I know, oh my God, that you try the heart delight and delight in uprightness, I in the integrity of my heart have willingly offered all these things. So now with joy I have seen your people who are present and doing the same willingly. I want you to see a couple of things in verse 17 first thing I want you to see is David's understanding of his holy accountability David says Lord I know that you understand and I know that you see and I know that you have blessed us and you have intentionally given us this act of stewardship by blessing this nation and Lord I can say with the integrity of my heart he had a holy accountability to God He could have hoarded it to himself, he could have hoarded it for his sons, he could have hoarded it so that the king's lineage would have been well taken care of for years to come. But with the integrity of his heart, he was willing to recognize, it's not mine, it is yours. And Lord, we are all here for a season on this planet for one reason, we're all sojourners and we will give a holy account in all of eternity for our life of worship. And look at this. Not only did he understand the accountability, but I want you to see the joy that came from it. He didn't do that because he was afraid God would strike him with a lightning bolt. He wasn't afraid that he would lose all of his wealth if he didn't honor God with it, like was probably preached at him by the priest. No, it was the joy of being a part of God's kingdom. Take a look at it again. Because of the integrity of my heart, I've willingly offered all these things. So now with joy. I see what you're doing in my life and in our people. I see that we don't live selfishly and we don't live like other nations, but we have a kingdom perspective. It brought great joy. We're almost done, verse 18. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, preserve this forever in the intentions of the heart of your people and direct their hearts to you. His final steps was not to have a statue built in his honor, Not to have some big municipal building built with David's name on it. Not showing him taking off Goliath's head and a a pose of him with a slingshot. It was to build a holy temple. A place for his children, his grandchildren, and all the generations to come. A place to connect with God and worship him. And it was his final step. It was his last step. And he would pray, God protect, preserve the hearts of our generations. God, don't let us lose the heart of worship. Don't let us lose understanding that all that belongs to you, it's not ours. And that's our prayer as well. Why did we take next steps in 2019? Because we knew if we didn't, we couldn't pass on to more and more young families what it means to worship God. Verse 20 After David prayed, he said to all the assembly, now bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord and the God of their fathers and they bowed low and they paid homage or worship to the Lord and to the King. And notice their next final step, verse 21. And on the next day, they made sacrifices to the Lord. As we come to the end of 2021, while we have gone above and beyond, we have raised $1.8 million above and beyond our giving towards our budget and other ministries it's been a radical step of sacrifice and you guys have been awesome to step into that but we're just not done a final step like David and his people where they had to go above and beyond their above and beyond to get it done we're find ourselves in the same place a time of sacrifice now for them they were sacrificing animals for their sins for us our sins have been covered because Jesus became the sacrifice Jesus so loved you and me that he paid everything. He paid off our debt. He paid off a debt we could not pay for the wages of sin is death. We could have paid it but that would have meant hell for all of eternity. Jesus so loved you and me and every generation to come that he laid down his life. He sacrificed his life that we might have life and in this new life we have a new calling and a new accountability. And we, as a congregation, now this is a message to the members of PCBC. We have a we have a responsibility to step in and to do this well and to take our next step. So, what does that look like? Well, currently, above and beyond our tithes and offerings, we are giving eleven thousand dollars a month towards the debt. You calculate that out. By the end of December, we would still owe nearly two hundred twenty thousand dollars. So, as your pastor now I'm talking to the people of PCBC, I'm encouraging you to begin to pray as David led this assembly to pray about final steps. About going above and beyond, you're above and beyond. You say, wow, that's radical. Well, that's what they did. And so we too get to step into a God moment in a time of high worship. What we're going to ask you to do is to continue to do what you've already been doing. Keep doing what you've been doing. But we are going to ask you on two special days, I know the video I had to change today because I realized October 17th is the beginning of fall break. On October the 10th, we're going to ask you to take a bigger step, that you'd pray over the next few weeks and say, okay, we will continue to do what we've been doing, but on that special Sunday, we're going to bring a special above and beyond or above and beyond. Give a special gift on that day. We'll do that on October 10th. We'll pray for the next month and... We'll see where we are, and on November the 14th, we will take our biggest step yet and bring another gift at that time, spreading it out over October and November. And if God brings all of it in on November the 14th, we'll be done. If there's more to be done, we'll take our final steps during the rest of December and look to a new year, debt-free, praise to God, for the next generation's. That's the challenge, you'll be hearing more about it in the days ahead but let me finish with this turn to Acts chapter 13 and verse 36. Go to Acts chapter 13 verse 36. David's legacy when you think about his story you you didn't even meet David but don't you feel like you know David? You've grown up hearing about David and his legacy of faith. Do you remember this chapter of David's story? Does 1st Chronicles chapter 29 jump into your heart? It should, it was the final chapter of his story and in that last step, his final steps, it wasn't about him, it was about him and it was about them, the next generation. And look at what it says Acts in the New Testament hundreds of years after David has gone to be with his Lord, look at what it says about David, verse 36. For David After he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he fell asleep. David lived his story not to be a warrior, not to be a legend in Israel, not to be a king and a man of power, but ultimately for it to be said and written on his tombstone, a man after God's own heart. In his desire, we see it in verse 36. Apparently, his desire was to live out God's purpose in his own generation. It's now our generation. It's now our day. It's now our time. And we get to step into it like David and his generation did. And we get to do that not for our glory or because it's something the church has put on us. It's because it was an opportunity to make a difference in the generations yet to come. If you haven't been a part of that, we invite you to engage in that with us over these next few months. If you've been a part of it and you've gone above and beyond, man, God bless you for your faithfulness. But like David and his people, let's finish strong. Let's accomplish God's purpose in all the earth for generations yet to come. Let's pray with every head bowed and every eye closed. Now, you could hear the message today in one of two ways. You could say, well, this is just a Baptist sermon trying to raise money for a building project. Or you can see what David tried to model in front of Israel. An opportunity, an opportunity to honor God, an opportunity to create a place of worship for the generations yet to come. And he boldly and clearly said, we're not here for us and nothing is ours, all is his. Let's honor God in all these things. So that's the challenge you get today. God's word is an example. God's word is a picture. For us to come to the understanding, it isn't my life, it isn't my resources, it isn't my treasure. Everything is a gift from God. The first gift, eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. There's the gift. The Bible says we're saved not by our works, but it is a free gift. Salvation is a gift. A relationship with God is a gift and as we receive that gift if you've never received that gift today I would encourage you you ought to be the first to come and say I need Jesus I need him to save me I need to know the God who created me not just know about him I need him in my life I need that God just like David had a confidence in a holy God and a relationship with God I don't have one I need one like the story of Dusty and Dusty's friend nailing it down I need God in my story praise God maybe you need God in your story maybe you've received that gift but you've forgotten what scripture teaches well it's my life, it's my relationships, it's my agenda, it's my estate, it's my income, it's my twenty dollar bill oh really? David would say no be reminded everything we now have in this gift of salvation we are bond servants to the Lord all of it is his everything in heaven and on earth as individuals and as families I would encourage you maybe during this invitation if you already know Christ that you would pray about what does it look like in these next days what does that bigger step look like in that biggest step what can we do Lord according to our ability maybe that's your prayer maybe you need a church family and I know most people don't join on a challenging message like this and think well that's all that church talks about. No, we're not talking about money, we're talking about the Lord and his kingdom and next generations and our final steps. And if you've heard that and been encouraged that a church cared that much about babies and children and the next generation and you want to be a part of a church like that, we'd love to receive members who want to join in that journey with us. Then you can come, our staff will be here you have a decision for christ that's great if you need to come grab a ping pong ball and you need to put initials on it like dusty did uh, at the beginning of this year already seeing an orange ping pong ball his friend coming to know christ you might want to come grab a ping pong ball initial it and put it in a jar i'm ask our staff to come to the front i want to pray for you then we'll stand alex is singing. you do what you need to do fall on your knees and pray come to the altar and pray come to one of our staff whatever you need to do i hope you'll do it in jesus name father that is our prayer May we, like the people of God, willingly submit to your will right now in this moment. Whatever that looks like, God, and whatever you're doing, God, may you do it fresh and new this day. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Alex is singing. If you need to come or if you need to pray, you do it now. Who will lead the way?